Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I'm your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hi, I'm Grayson. I'm playing Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Uh, last time we were with our intrepid explorers, not really, <laughs> we found ourselves back in the woods. We had a very brief run-in with Rainer. Oh, yeah, I got a little greedy and I tried to steal two things instead of one thing, but I did get the flask back from, uh, what was it, Gertrude? Or the, that, the, the G? Yeah, there we go. Gorbachev? <laughs> Yes, Gorbachev. <laughs> Tear down this wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got the flask back, and now I'm safely inside a house trying to steal another lantern because apparently Jack has a fixation on lanterns. Hello, my name is Daniel Cruz. I'm playing Imhotep the Mummy. And last session, I got involved in one of the phantom schemes that used my Pierce the Veil effect, which, as we all know, is the flashiest, brightest, most sailor scout thing ever to help distract uh, Granny Gruntilda. It's not that hard. It's very hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) And now he is talking to another granny while the children are having a moment. Hello, I'm Ben Magnet, and last time on Dean Dark Z, myself and everyone else were trying to get something to help get a curse removed from Larry, so that way he doesn't have to do this horrible transformation under a full moon. Unfortunately, time ran out, and now Mary Frankenstein is staring. Oh, that's the character I play, by the way. I'm, I play Mary Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster, and I am staring dead in the eyes of a werewolf. Hello, I am. Aaron, I play the Phantom of the Opera, our bard. Last session, Phantom has had a surprising amount of history and, and chemistry and, you know, vulnerability with Larry and has received the same and is probably the closest human being he has to, like, someone trustworthy again after the Christine situation. So, in an effort to preserve this one meaningful friendship, he went off on his own hero mode adventure. Oh. Talking to one of the witches last time and did a cool deal that we're going to figure out how that goes. Yeah. My name is Jordan, and I am no longer playing Larry Talbot, the lycanthropic warlock. Rather, (laughs) I am playing the werewolf, a wolf-human hybrid furzerker. Hold on. I need to make sure. Did you say berserker or furzerker? Berserker. Uh, <laughs> right? I heard that too. I'm like, did she say what I think she just said? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, a wolf human hybrid Furzerker who is able to appear on this plane one night out of the month in order to try and quench his never ending hunger and fury. 
And last time, Larry, in kind of a panic and a rush, dragged his friends to these three witches. We went to the one that seemed to have the most knowledge about nature and animals. Larry, in a desperate attempt to do anything to get this werewolf curse off of him before he puts his friends in danger, traded her a very valuable, possibly dangerous flask. All else be damned. Luckily, Invisible Man got that back. But she broke her word and also inflicted Larry with fell feral fever. By the time he realized it was too late and it was going to happen, he tried wandering off into the woods. Mary and possibly everyone else got to witness the grotesque twisting and pulling of bones and muscles until Larry was transformed into the horrible visage he is now, the werewolf. The wary, if you will. We will not. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. It's probably for the best. (laughs) And with that, let's jump right back into it. So we do, of course, have the tense and suspenseful showdown between the Frankenstein monster and the Wolfman going on right now. So rather than do that, let's jump back to the Invisible Man inside the cottage. (laughs) This feels about right. I'm going to need you to make a constitution check against the fell feral fever. That's right. I still have that. I have a negative one. So that's a 10. Oh, no. With a 10, you unfortunately do not pass the threshold. So we're going to roll to see what symptoms you get. Uh So I'm going to roll a D100. And that is... 13. I become invisible. Oh, no. (laughs) You experience vivid hallucinations. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So you will periodically get information from me that is not reliable, and you will have disadvantage on insight-based checks. Oh, that's like his thing. Insight and perception. All right, be prepared. The entire episode is all about perception checks. (laughs) Wow, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) Speaking of, roll either (laughs) perception or insight at disadvantage. Fantastic. Yay. Ooh. Oh, no. So one of them was a nat one. (laughs) Oh, no. With a nat one, you are not alone in this building. Roll stealth to find a place to hide. Ooh, that's a 19. With a 19, you are able to hide just fine. Describe to me a little bit where in this cottage setup you take up refuge, and I'll describe what you start to see and experience. My bad. It was a 19 plus 6, so 25, but... Okay, so fine. You win harder. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I want a gold star. Damn, that sucks, though. Wow. Um, mostly because I'm absolutely paranoid. I'm going to feel around for the lantern that was on the ground, grab it, and I'm going to rush over to what looks like some wood and not remembering that I'm actually (laughs) invisible. I'm going to throw all the wood aside and just try and bury myself (laughs) in the wood. As you are hidden back behind this pile of wood, you start to hear a bunch of ethereal whispers coming from in and around you. You hear some coming uh, from the lantern. You hear some coming from the fireplace as Mother uh, Carrionite walks in uh, to the cottage. Ooh. Now, is this real or not? We don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, on one hand, considering the context of Imhotep, I don't think it is. On the other hand, I want it to be. And she was just like, walked away while he was talking. She might have. <laughs> and he's like, I, 
I had questions <laughs> for you. What are you... Where are you going? Gotta love how vague our continuity is when we've got a party split. Right? Oh, yeah. And as she walks in, you hear a voice come up from the lantern, whisper to you, She lies. Cool. As she makes her way back to the table where the lanterns are, she runs her hands across each of the lanterns and gets a look of smug satisfaction as a differently pitched wail comes out of each one as she runs her hands <laughs> over them. Hey, hey, lantern. Can can you talk? Quiet. She may find out. Roll history. Which I think that stat is safe. So I got a 19. With a 19... You recognize the voice coming out of this lantern. Oh? You can't be 100% sure because the vibe is a little wrong. This particular lantern contains a very powerful blood hunter. I knew it. I freaking knew it. I'm going to move the lantern closer to my face and like try and look inside and see if I can see any discerning features about the soul. Before you do that, roll perception at disadvantage as Mother Carrionite is going over these lanterns and notices one is missing. Oh God, that's another nat one. <laughs> With another nat one, as you start to open the lantern, she darts her head over in your direction and in one fell swoop advances on you. And she is a size bigger than you remembered her being from the outside. She pounces and then disappears, and you have level one exhaustion. Fantastic. I'm looking around to see where she went to because I'm guessing that she just poofed into smoke or something. The room starts to fill up with a little bit of smoke that starts billowing out of the fire. This is a much heavier, denser smoke. So go ahead and roll investigation on that lantern. It will be at disadvantage because you are exhausted. Okay. That's a 17. With a 17, you crack open the lantern a little bit and you see through the ethereal glow of the soul, this belongs to Baron Werner Vordenberg. Shit. <laughs> um, I'm immediately going to close it and try and tuck it back into my coat, and I'm basically ignoring everything that it has to say to me now. Wait! You need to know- Nope, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear you. <laughs> All right, roll another perception at disadvantage. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> That's a five. With a five, as the smoke is billowing out of the fireplace, you can see it kind of part around the end table that is in front of the fireplace. There is a weathered, beaten-up hat that is sitting on that table that the smoke kind of maneuvers around. And so you can see that something is important about this hat. I want it. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to the hat, stare at it, and kind of, like, poke the top of it. As you poke it, it doesn't seem to, like, immediately make any reactions, but you get kind of an invigorating feeling being in the presence of this hat. And as you look at it, there is a label on it that says Obakalp. You don't know what that means, but as you're holding it in your hands, you feel, you feel good. I'm going to take the hat and just rub it all over me. Oh my God. Oh. 
as you do that, you get filled with the sensation that you can do anything. Uh, well, you're filled with determination. <laughs> uh. Invisible man under a fever is fantastic. <laughs> with that, we will jump back out to the outside. And I had other plans. It's okay. You okay. got a good hat. <laughs> You actually lost your privileges at rubbing the hat on yourself. So, <laughs> so we'll jump back to the immediate outside of the cottage where Mother Carrionite and Imhotep are still in conversation. Frankenstein Monster has run off to take care of Larry, and Mother Carrionite says to you, Imhotep, I know that we've had a little bit of a distraction, but. What is it again that I can do for you? We have not set any terms. You use these lanterns to trap the souls of the living, yes. Why, yes I do. Do you have any particular interest in them? I have heard word of something called a soul cage and its, shall we say, uses. Ooh, you're making some big plays. <laughs> What would uh, a good-looking corpse like you have to ask little old me about something as powerful as a soul cage? If Ivotep could blush, he'd be blushing because it's the first time he's been complimented on the way he's looked in 4,000 years. <laughs> These are a little hobby of mine. They take some fairly immense power to make and sustain components that, um, if I were to estimate, would roughly equal 100 gold pieces and a 8th level spell oh slot. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, 6th level spell slot. Goodness, that sounds like a lot of game mechanics. Or, if you've got yourself a Reaper Scythe, then that shortcuts the process a little bit. She is whittling away at another soul that she pulls out of a satchel with a small sickle that adjusts in size to the new soul. His eyes are obviously drawn to the new whittling. I assume that... What you are using is one of these reaper sides you speak of. If I said yes, would that impress you? <laughs> Immensely. Then consider me truthful this time around. Can I try an insight check to see if she's truthful on that? Uh, roll insight. Cha-la-la-la-la-la-kissy <laughs> girl. This horrible, wet, slapping sound. <laughs> 17. 17. She is not lying about the scythe. He won't say anything. He'll just continue to flatter her about it. Now, do you have any particular uses for a soul cage you uh, would like to enlist my services in? I can draft up a contract. And we can still help your friend Lawrence over there. It might seem like it's a little late, but if he can be incapacitated, I can take that soul off your hands. Kind of looks over at them, and it really is just a look of children... <clears throat> being annoying. <laughs> I, I mean this in a funny way, but also in a like, nah, it was, it was kind of an asshole. Just like, <laughs> this is just an inconvenience to him that these two are about to fight potentially to the death. I'm sorry, I'm allergic <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> I'm allergic to the moon. I'm sorry, I went to try to help my friend who was allergic to the moon. You should no. be. You are interrupting a very important conversation that I'm not 100% sure where exactly it is going. Now, the way that this transaction would work, if you can incapacitate him and bring him to me, I can reap his soul. 
shove it in one of these lanterns and filter out everything undesirable. Hmm. I hate to know what that means. I know, right? Now, in exchange, this isn't a service I offer for free. All I simply want is to put my sisters in their place. They're getting a little testy, and I need them to remember whose coven they're in. So if you can do whatever you can to sabotage their plans, I will offer this service in exchange. I believe that can be done. And she begins to write down your terms. So, on the contract, she writes down that in exchange for your service, interrupting her sister's plans and preventing them from getting what they want, she will in turn reap Larry's soul and filter out anything undesirable. <laughs> I feel so... Oh, I feel so bad Daniel, and dirty no. about this. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, for me, like I'd be wondering undesirable to who though i mean i'm pretty sure we can figure out what the undesirable part is that's it's kind of howling <laughs> gonna right say, now she's gonna give me a really cool haircut <laughs> gonna give you just the right haircut that caprice and can't hide in there anymore yeah no more bat hair caprice will have to hide in my top hat uh, yeah or your new witch hat <laughs> i know <laughs> so he looks at the contract as he's looking that over you hear a faint clatter coming from inside the cottage and Mother Carrie and I kind of ducks her head over her shoulder, says, Hold that thought for one moment. Peers into the door, looks around, and then closes it and sits back down. Let's go ahead and jump over to the Frankenstein monster and the Wolfman. Yeah, you ready? So, of course, right before Larry transformed, Mary went over to him and was like, we have a way to take your soul out. Because I didn't want to say yes and speak for for Larry. It's like, hey, we're going <laughs> to rip your soul out of your body, filter out the curse, and then put your soul back into your body without his consent. And as I'm trying to tell him, the moon shines and I witness the horrible thing. And I remember what I told Larry. If the curse took him over, I would be there to help him. Of course, Larry was like, I need you to end me. And I never said I would. I said I'd help him stay down. So as I see him transform into the wolf, I'm staring down. I know I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know I'm tired. I just crack my knuckles bare head and get just, I'm just going to throw, I'm going to just go to oh, start he's punching. he's such a good friend. And some form of bravado, Mary's like, I could take a wolf. Yeah. I fought wolves before. Not this one, buddy. I'm not going to have you guys roll for initiative, Frankenstein monsters, since basically you've been seeing all of this and you are choosing to initiate. You can go first. So go ahead and roll to attack for an unarmed strike. Meanwhile, I'm just safe in my cottage. <laughs> Why do you get quiet all of a sudden? <laughs> He's just loving it up on a hat right now. I know. You are also rolling at disadvantage oh. because of the Sword of Vengeance. Yep. All right, so it's my lesser roll is a 13 plus 3, 16 to hit. That hits. All right, so with a 16, you hit. So for damage for an unarmed strike, it is just your strength modifier plus one. Four. Four damage, and that will be bludgeoning damage because it is an unarmed strike. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to a rage just yet. <laughs> okay. And those were his last words. Ah, shit. <laughs> Grayson, don't, don't you put that evil on me, Grayson. <laughs> I'm just vibing with my hat. 
Okay, so you hit me for four for bludgeoning. I am resistant to bludgeoning damage, so I will only take two damage. And the chipping <laughs> game begins. I just imagine that at one point it's going to be like that scene in Age of Ultron where Tony is hitting the Hulk. Go, go see, go see, go see, go see, go see. <laughs> Jordan, I will let you narrate how you react to that. Ooh, okay, so as the transformation sets in, as Mary lets out one good sock across the face that just hits the teeth. It doesn't really phase the wolf very much, but you can see because this wolf also has the fell feral fever. The eyes go a little bloodshot. He kind of contorts and twitches a little bit and the mouth starts frothing a little bit more. And with that rage, multiplying rage, he's gonna try and take a bite. So let me roll that. Oh, okay. I'm sure that's gonna hit because that's a... A natural 19? Yeah, that's going to hit. All right, so roll for damage. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. You should have raged. I'll rage next turn. Relax. If there is a next turn. Um, That is going to be 10 damage from my bite. 10 damage from the bite. That is piercing damage. Oh. But the werewolf's teeth and claws are magical. So that overcomes oh. your natural resistance. So you take the oh, full 10 damage. No. <laughs> and now he sees. And then question for you, Dan. Can Mary get infected with fell feral fever or lycanthropy? No. Fell feral fever and lycanthropy do not affect undead or constructs. Okay, so that's good at least. So basically Phantom and I are the only two that can get infected. Yeah, so we're going to try and not have that happen. And Larry, who is already infected. Yeah, you can only go so far with that. Um, But I have a second attack, so I'm going to roll for that. 18. Ah. And then that is going to be a claw attack. That's going to be another 10. All right, you take another 10 damage. Mm, that's not good. No, and then... That's not good! Shoot, I can just kind of go right now. Um, Since I landed a successful hit, I can move up to half my movement speed for free. I also have the rest of my movement, so that is a lot. I'm going to do a full fight, I'm going to scratch at you, and then I'm going to sprint off into the distance. As the wolfman runs off into the distance, you run right past Phantom who is surfing in on sand. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, I have a question. Are there any rocks immediately here on the ground, like pebbles? Or were there when I was on the way here? I'm so scared. <laughs> I would say um, roll nature. Alrighty. Come on. I, I'm sure that the phantom loves dirt or whatever. <laughs> I've already rolled two nat ones, okay? So you've got to roll a good one. Unnatural 20. Let's All go. Alright, with an unnatural there 20, yes, you see some rocks that are lining the riverbed that are easily within your grasp. Fantastic. I would like to pick, just scoop up as many of them as is acceptable. Alright, I'm going to roll a d10. So you pick up six. Alright, alright. That's workable. Yeah, you can move with that. Uh, obviously, I will turn after where I saw the wolf run by. I would like to press to digitate flavor them with the like molasses sweet flavor. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm drinking a tea I put molasses in today. <laughs> and I would like to toss one down at the wolf's feet like you would like a treat. Roll animal handling. Come on. I had I had pigeons in a show once. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the reason. Aaron, I wish I could give you my animal handling. It's plus five. 
Oh, that would be wonderful. But uh, it's a six, but I'm going to burn my inspiration. Please, Aaron, please. This seems pretty important. Oh. Only a 10. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> All right. So with a 10, I will say you have the wolf's attention. <laughs> Wee. Oh, shit. Oh, oh yeah. Eric, no. And with that, let's cut back inside the cottage. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> I'm taking the hat right now and putting it on my chest and just putting it like back and forth as if like I'm hiding behind it. Oh my god. While you have this hat in your possession, you feel like you can do anything. I'm a strong, independent, invisible man. I don't need no woman. <laughs> all I need is this hat. You feel like this hat is going to solve all of your problems and it is going to make you unstoppable. Are you going to put on oh the hat? Oh my god gonna swap out your top hat are you high on high hat? On <laughs> i'm high on the feral fever thing but i'm imagining how good i look in the top hat so i'm gonna take the the witch's hat and i'm gonna put it on top of my top hat so that way i'm even taller <laughs> and you know if one hat looks good then two hats look amazing so now with that i'm gonna turn around and i'm gonna look to see if I see anything inside, like, the cottage that kind of catches my attention. What you can see inside this cottage, I'm not going to make you roll for it. You can see, basically, the lanterns in the back. There's the lantern that you have. There's the table in front of you that had the hat. There's nothing else of importance on the table. It just is general cooking ware and whatnot. There's a little bit of a fire pit that is right behind you. There's a chimney going up, and there's a lot of smoke bellowing out from that. Is there, like, some toast on the plate or something? Toast. <laughs> I'm going to roll just a straight d20. I rolled a 10, so there's bread. Aww. Yes. <laughs> I want the bread. It is just some plain bread. I don't care. I'm snacking. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to put the pieces of bread on the witch's hat and make a sandwich. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, d4, everybody. Including me? Uh, Better not everybody, me. everybody, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a wolf pun, and the wolf's another team yeah, right I'm now. Yeah, I'm on your team, yeah. Jim. <laughs> I feel like... All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So Jordan alone, roll a yeah! D4. No! <laughs> My wolf's not smart enough to understand puns. <laughs> so roll a D4 at disadvantage, then, and take the lower of the two rolls. <laughs> it's a two... Okay, so you take two damage. Essentially one more Frankenstein punch. <laughs> so meanwhile, I'm in the cottage. I've snagged some bread. I'm turning around, kind of like not really paying attention to what I'm stepping on or stepping near. And you said that there's a fireplace behind me. Yep, and next to the fireplace, there's a burlap sack that has like a big old broom sticking out of it. And the broom looks to be a little bit bigger than the bag as the handle just kind of goes up a little bit too high. It doesn't look like the bag should be big enough to hold that broom. I want it. I'm I'm not I mean, I'll look inside the rest of the bag, but I'm gra I'm grabbing okay. that broom. Go ahead and add one broom to your inventory. Put it next to your bread and your hat. Honestly, I see invisible man with the witch hat, his top hat, and now he's got a broom, so he's gonna have to straddle that broom and he's literally like prancing up and down in front of the <laughs> fireplace just pretending to fly. He's really, like, reaching out to a missed childhood here. <laughs> While I'm doing that, I'm going to stop and remember, oh, wait, there's a sack of goodies. No, they're not going to be good. There's. I want to investigate and look to see what else is in there. As you pulled the broom 
out of the bag. You grabbed the handle and it was just kind of sticking out a little bit and you pulled and the broom just kind of kept going. And you pulled it out and you've got this pretty big broom coming out of this pretty small bag. I'm going to pick up the bag and just kind of like look underneath it to see if it is any bigger than what it looks like. There is no like hole or compartment on the underside of it. It is just a small watermelon size bag. Is this what I think it is? You have what appears to be a bag of holding. Cool. I'm kind of mesmerized by the fact that this broom is a lot bigger than the bag. So I'm going to try and poke my head into the bag and look and see if I could see anything else. Okay. As you do, you are surrounded by stars. And you could feel the wind being pulled out (laughs) of your lungs as you're looking around and as you have your head poked down into this bag. And it is a vast void all around you. I'm slightly panicking, pulling my head out and just thinking to myself, that was amazing, but scary. As you pull your head back out, you are, it is as if nothing happened. You're still in the cottage. You've got the bag in your hand. What would you like to do? I'm going to take the bag because that was a really fun (laughs) trip, but also kind of scary. Okay. So you've got now the bag. You've got this very oversized broom. Which I'm still riding. (laughs) It's going to take a lot for you to carry that and the bag and the lantern. Okay. So I'm going to like sweep the table. And I'm going to put all my new goodies on the table. And I'm going to look at it all and try and figure out how do I put everything in Hmm. one spot so that way it's easy for me to carry. And I just want to stare at all of this for like a little bit. Okay, so as you sweep away the table and as you put everything on it, you put your new hat down on there, you put the bag on there, you put the broom on there, you put some bones and skulls on there, you put a diamond worth 2,000 gold and enchanted great axe, and that is all spread out before you on this table. Is that all his stuff? Okay, and you say I still got the bag of holding. Uh, That is on the table. Okay. I'm going to take my broom and try and put it inside the witch's hat and see how far it goes. The broom, as it goes into the witch's hat, only goes up maybe half a foot. Okay, so I'm going to take the broom out and I'm just going to put some skulls (laughs) inside the hat. You can put one skull in the hat. That makes sense. (laughs) Uh, And then as you are messing with all of these objects, from the lantern, the voice of Vordenberg is reaching out to you again and... Before you ignore and cut him off, you can very faintly hear him warn, Don't sign anything! She deceives! And then you slam the door shut again. (laughs) Nobody likes you and nobody wants to listen to you. Now, how am I going to carry everything? I will leave it up to you whether the lantern's going in that bag or not, but you slide everything else into what appears to be the bag of holding. Okay, so now I've kind of discovered that all of this stuff fits inside the bag. And last time I put my head in the bag, I saw a sky full of stars. <laughs> and <Okay>. now <laughs> I'm, yes. <laughs> and now instead of putting my head in the bag, I'm going to put my hand in the bag and think to myself, okay, I don't want to lose my new hat. So I'm looking for my new hat. Okay, roll a d20. Oh, shit. Okay, it's a 12. With a 12, as you're kind of fishing around, everything seems to be within, like, a reasonable hand's reach. You're able to pretty easily grab the hat and pull it back out. 
Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I didn't lose my hat. Yeah, with all that, I'm going to take everything. And now that I know that I didn't lose my hat, which is, of course, my new favorite thing, I'm going to put everything back in the bag and then see if everything fits in the bag. Everything fits in the bag. Fantastic. I love the bag of holding. So with that being the case, uh, actually, it just dawned on me. How do I feel after I took off the witch's hat? After you took off the witch's hat, you felt disappointed that you were not wearing the witch's hat. <laughs> I want it back. Okay, so you put on the Obacalp back on again, and I'm assuming you're stacking it back on top of your top hat? Yep. And now I'm just kind of like smiling, even though no one can see me. And now I'm going to do kind of like a catwalk, looking for like a mirror to see if I can see what the top hat and the witch's hat looks like. Meanwhile, everyone's getting torn apart outside. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> speak for yourself. I'm just having a nice conversation with Mother Carrie and I. <laughs> it, you know what this is? It's kind of like that scene in Amazing Spider-Man where the library scene where Stan Lee is making the books and or he's oh, putting yeah. the books away. He's listening to his <laughs> headphones. As you are dancing around and looking for a mirror, this you find yourself on stage in the nest. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is amazing. It's a good hat. It's fuck. a good fever. <laughs> you are feeling like you are dancing better than you ever had before. Oh. Hell to the yes. And with that, we're going to cut right back to Imhotep and Carrie and I. No! <laughs> oh, okay. Every time the scene gets really interesting. <laughs> Carrie and I has the contract in front of you, Imhotep, ready to be signed. Meanwhile, in the background. <laughs> Imhotep kind of just leans over her shoulder. I must be eating things. <laughs> it's so good. It's so dumb. It's so good. <laughs> All right, look, I'm not going to try to deceive you. Yeah, your friend's in there. Actually, even at that point, I can only imagine, like, if he's doing any sort of dance, he's just popping around to, like, anybody that's, like, off the side of the stage and just walks over and, like, offers to sign whatever it is waves at some people in the crowd and maybe i don't know if there's like a window he's waving maybe towards emotep or something like that a couple of rows back you see marlo stand up and burst into applause and he holds out one of the paintings that you sold to him earlier and is gesturing towards it demanding your signature uh-oh in my fever dream i'm flying up on the broom to go and sign as you go to do that, roll a d20. Okay. And Imhotep, roll insight. That's a 19. With a 19, you pull up the broom, you straddle it, and it begins to levitate. <laughs> 15. With a 15, you are talking to an illusion. He takes a step back. This contract, it is binding. Well, of course, full and legally. This way you can trust I keep my word, and I know you will keep yours. As a man of faith, a follower of the god Osiris, the god of the underworld and of order, I do keep my word. He's going to thaumaturgy his voice to boom as, you, as he does. And I know I do not deal with deceivers. <sighs> He's going to have his bandages. I know that it acts as only supposed to only act as one hand, but can I kind of dock off this and have the new bandages kind of <gasps> lash out at the uh, the illusion? Uh, yes, and get inspiration. Ooh. Ooh. So point of inspiration and your bandages like Doc Ock reach out at the illusion, pass right through her. 
She grins and fades away, and the contract drops down to the ground. Ah! <laughs> he steps on it, and I'm going to blow several spell slots, if I may, Dan. Explain. It's not like you could use them anywhere else. <laughs> I want to summon undead twice. Okay, describe to me summon undead. Oh, no. So, summon undead. Call forth an undead spirit and manifest and occupies a space that you can see within range, corporeal form. Are there skeletons left in this swamp? Yep. A cursory glance at the water would see that there's a fair amount of them that are not very deeply buried. Okay. What is Larry currently doing? A phantom tried to feed me a sweet rock. I don't think that worked, but... The werewolf now has eyes on Phantom, and we were within five feet of each other. So, what I want to do, I want, you can say yes or no to this one. Like I say, I want to use it twice, and I want to summon two skeletons. I want to point my finger and begin chanting in Coptic as two skeletons rise up out of the swamp, and I want them to grab Larry and hold him in place. I will give you the two skeletons. I want them to grapple him. I want him to be grappled by two skeletons on either side of him. Wait, so uh, two skeletons total, or? I, I can only cast the spell twice, and every time I cast it, it, it raises one. So I'm using two spell slots. Okay, so two skeletons, one on each side. Yes. Okay, you can do that. They will have to make a contested strength check to be able to grapple the werewolf, but the skeletons rise up from out of the water and kind of murkily reach out to grab onto the werewolf. So roll a contested strength check between your two skeletons. Ooh boy. Uh, six. I got a six. Jordan? It was close. Nine. So your two skeletal soldiers rise up and reach out to grab onto the wolfman, and he is surprised by it, but sees it coming and pulls away. Their grip is not strong enough. Wolfman and Phantom, it is now over to you. So Phantom, I will let you react first, and then it's going over to Larry. Do I still have Larry's attention, or did the skeletons sort of fuck that up? I would say you still have his attention. <laughs> Hello. Fantastic. I'm going to look into Larry's eyes and be like, come with me nicely. Come on. Here, Larry. Come on over, Larry. Come on, boy. Roll animal handling with advantage. The wolf is going to look at you, and not that anyone would hear this or understand this, but the thought process in his head is, huh, this guy's kind of familiar. A tall, lanky guy who looks kind of nervous. Yeah, I like to bite that kind of guy. Uh, a 20 Oh my god. Alright, so, Jordan, over to you. That is amazing. Know that he rolled a 20, so it did work. You narrate how this works. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have my attention. I think he won't immediately strike out and attack, but he is gonna start stepping towards you and following you. Just mouth drooling nastiness. But he's just kind of walking towards you. I intend to have Phantom, like, arms still outstretched in that same beckoning position is gently sliding like at your pace backwards towards Sycorax and just ooh coaxing oh we're coming ooh. <laughs> oh we're moving now we'll hop over to the Frankenstein monster you see Phantom beckoning Larry away back where he was coming from out of this neck of the swamp how do you want to react I want to go help out Phantom you don't want to rage <laughs> 
Rage help. <laughs> yeah, rage help. <laughs> so after getting bit by Wolfman Larry, I go into a rage. Okay. And I'm going to use the Tundra so I get three hit points back. Help me out a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. Hey, it's something. It's something. All right. So now we're going to hop back into the cottage. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> as you are on stage and as Marlo is handing you the painting to be autographed, you pulled up the broom. You are now flying and you are heading towards him to sign. And you hear faintly the booming voice of Imhotep. Roll insight at disadvantage. Uh, that's a seven. With a seven, you think you might be having some hallucinations. So you can't trust whether you actually heard Imhotep <laughs> or not. Slight suspicion. <laughs> okay. With that, I'm going to start looking a little bit closer at Marlo, and I'm looking for any of the details that I can remember from the painting that would tell me that where I'm at is not up to snuff. Plus, now I'm trying to think to myself, wait a minute, where was I before? All right, so given that train of logic... I will let you roll a straight insight, no disadvantage. So, <laughs> can I go ahead and use my new feet? All right, so for context, the last time the party leveled up, they could choose either an ability score increase or they could learn a feat. Grayson picked an ability score increase and then had second thoughts and wanted to walk it back. So instead of the ability score increase, he took on the feat Lucky, which basically gives him three charges per day that function identically to inspiration so i'm gonna burn one of my lucks right now because that that roll was not a good one that's better uh it's a 15 with a 15 this is the painting of saint mary with her hands outstretched to either side she is looking right at you and there's an inscription on it that says to our beloved santa maria that's not what i remember and then I'm going to look at Marlo and imagine him with a mustache and see what happens. Oh, okay. And um, Marlo is staring at you, is still in awe of your performance and holding out the painting, but then hesitates a second, cocks his head and says, Why are you looking at me as though I have a mustache? <laughs> so specific. <laughs> Because I think you would look really awesome with a mustache right now. And you know what? I'm willing to bet that Stonecroft would like it too. And we're going to cut to Imhotep. As Wolfman has taken off with Phantom and the contract has dropped to the ground in front of you, you can hear what Invisible Man said. Well, Imhotep watches as the Wolfman shrugs his new skeleton friends off. He then hears Jack and just kind of size he heads inside to see what's going on with jack i mean above table i'm literally trying to figure out any logical way that jack would figure this out and start getting back to the party as you make your way into this cottage in between an end table and the fireplace you see floating 10 feet in the air on a broom the invisible man holding a sack and a hat god yes <laughs> i is it who Oh, Cyrus, preserve me. Do I see Imhotep or no? Roll perception at disadvantage. Imhotep, you see the invisible man with the sack and the hat in one hand. He's holding a contract in the other. And you can tell that he's really considering putting his signature on it. Uh, <laughs> it was a seven. With a seven, you see 
what appears to be the flame skull disco ball bouncing <laughs> towards you. Uh, yeah, that skull bounces incredibly quickly and is looking up at Jack. He is 10 feet in the air, right? Yep, he is 10 feet in the air. My number one priority right now is to get that roll out of his hands. So I'm going to use my sacred wrappings and I'm going to reach up and just grab it right out of his hand because I now have a 10 foot reach with those bandages. Perfect. Roll sleight of hand with advantage. Do I have to roll against or no? What you see is the flame skull disco ball bounces underneath you, looks up and starts flashing colors at you. Oh, nat 20. Ooh, nice. Nat 20. You not only pull the contract, you throw it directly into the fire. Good. Oh, and as he does that, he throws into the fire. Thaumaturge is his voice. Jack, for the love of Isis, get down here now. So, Invisible Man, you hear that, and you are snapped back into reality. You are back into this cottage. You are floating 10 feet above the air, and you see Imhotep down below you. I mean, with that, I'm I'm going to freak out, grab the broom and hug it, and just be like, Imhotep, what's going on? I think you are having a hallucination. Land. How do I do that? That is a very good question. I'm going to start thinking about floating downwards. I believe that would be a good idea. Let's jump back to Phantom Mary and Larry. As the Phantom is kind of luring the werewolf up to the north, back in the direction towards where Sycorax is, the Frankenstein monster is following behind, you enter back into the clearing that you were in where you first found the three witches in Rainer. It is a little bit more populated this time. There's some people from the nearby town that are kind of making their way out through this swamp that are just to the north of you. No! Oh, no, no, no! Let me fly. <laughs> Let me catch up and oh. hold down Wolfman. Please do, or else Larry's going to have a breakdown when he wakes up. What do you guys want to do? I want to bite. I want to scratch. I want to monch. <laughs> all right. First of all, do I see all these villagers up here? Yes. Cool. I yell at the top of my lungs, run away. Get out. Feral beast. And I just try to jump on top of Wolfman. Essentially just trying to hold on to the wolf and just like make sure to keep the wolf in place. Roll acrobatics at disadvantage. God damn it. Does Phantom also know that there are people here? Phantom does also know that there are people there. Phantom's going to lean over to where he just assumes Jack is because this whole time, no sea invisibility, no nothing. And Jack's usually just around. <laughs> so he's going to lean to the side <laughs> and he's going to say... Jack, I need you to get these people moving. If we get Larry distracted, there's no way I'll ever be able to get her to the witch. Get him to the witch. Get the wolf to the witch. That's what I gotta do. Uh, Yeah, so I rolled a three, but my acrobatics is minus one. So it's a two. I didn't do shit. So uh, you fall prone. Oh. Oh. God damn it. Was there maybe an intimidation because he yelled at the people? Do the villagers hear me? I'm going to roll a d20. And that's an eight, so only one of them kind of catches what's going on, panics a little bit, and takes off running. They don't tell anybody else. <laughs> uh, not with an eight, they don't. There is one less villager. There are four that are up to the north of you and still kind of spread out and not quite aware of what's happening yet. So now it is Phantom's turn. All right. Okay. Well, Jack is going to handle the villagers. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Our new Absolutely. He wouldn't let you down after he helped you earlier. Never. Never. Right. Come on. So, 
I lost the wolf's attention, which I'm trying desperately to keep and continue to move in a straight line. I have five more <laughs> flavored stones. <laughs> Do I have actual combat-relevant movement speed change with the sand? Yes, your movement speed is now 55 feet, so the closest villager is within your range. I'm only going to go 45 of it, and if that person is actually still standing there, Phantom's going to think, what the hell, Jack? And just kick him. Oh my god. <laughs> Ow, what the hell was that for? I have no verbal answer, so we'll just see what happens when the wolf charges this way. All right, Larry, it is your turn. Oh, Mary Mary, quite contrary. Uh Uh-oh. So you're going after Frankenstein monster? Yes. Okay, so uh, what do you do? Try and chomp. Oh, boy. It's a 26 to hit. Oh, that hit. I'm going to take a bite. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, wait a minute. Not necessarily your nuts. Silvery barbs, I'm guessing. I'd sure like okay. to. Okay. Let's see it. Yeah, I'm just gonna whoop. <laughs> Not that 26. Throw that in the dumpster. Uh, I will empower myself, by the way. Okay. Okay, so that's a 17 instead. That still hits. Because oh, it's meat to beat, right? Because my armor class is 17. Yep, meat to beat. All right. I tried. I appreciate that, Aaron. That's gonna be 10 damage from my bite. Okay, but you are raging, so that is cut in half. Yay, five. And then with a successful hit, I can move up to half my speed for free, and then I can move my full speed. Okay. So missing the taste of molasses in my mouth, I'm like, where did scared lanky boy go? And we're going to chase him down. Oh, no, my plan (laughs) is working, but I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Phantom, I could probably try and do one more thing to try and get Wolfman on me so you can get more villagers out. Oh, I don't give a shit about the villagers. I just want to move the wolf and not die. Uh, I should probably give a shit about the villagers. Larry will, but I do not. And then I have a second attack that I can use. That's going to be an 18 to hit. That hits. Okay, I'm going to do a claw attack so you don't get poisoned this time. Hopefully. If you could roll, like, no damage, that would be pretty ideal. That would be great. Um, That will be nine damage. But could be worse. I'll take it. It could be worse. And I believe that is what I can do on my turn. Okay, so Frankenstein Monster, it is your turn. Okay, I, of course, get back up. And I, to try and get the attention of the wolf, I howl. Because I used to live in the woods. And I would watch wolves fight and I would watch wolves contest territory. So I would essentially would do the exact same thing to get this wolf's attention to so they could go back on me. Roll animal handling. And I would give you advantage, but your exhaustion neutralizes that. So 17. Nice. With a 17, Wolfman, that is going to catch your attention. So now your attention is back Absolutely. on the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> And I do the peeling thing. I get three HP back because I'm still raging. Okay. So now it is Phantom's turn. Okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Phantom's going to (laughs) scoot. No, you know what? Phantom's now going to grab the guy who was an asshole. (laughs) Who was like, oh, why did you kick me and didn't leave? Yeah, real dick move to ask, uh, why did you hurt me and then do nothing? (laughs) So... I am now holding him like a meat shield in front of myself (laughs) as I cast Healing Word on myself. And I'll do it at a second level spell slot. Nice. You know what? You deserve it. Thank you. I need it. Uh, 2d4 (laughs) plus my modifier of 
Six. Eight health, then. So, eight health back. Yay! <laughs> All right, and that's going to be it for now. Good luck over there, Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so now it is the Wolfman's turn. Oh, but could it not be? Okay. Okay, we gonna run. We gonna play fetch with the dog. Back to Mary. Oh, Dan. Dan, it's a net 20. Nat 20 is gonna hit and crit. No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's <gasps> please, not. Please, please. <laughs> oh, All right, God. silvery barbs. <laughs> please. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, um... That is an unnatural 20. Well, cool. So it doesn't crit. It just hits. Which, honestly, that's all I can ask. Yeah, we'll call it wins. <laughs> okay, so that is going to be seven damage from that fight. That's going to round down to four. And then I think I'm going to take my additional boost to movement and kind of run into the trees a little bit. While all of this is going on, we're going to jump back to Imhotep and the Invisible Man. Dan, I had a quick question. I have cure poison. Would that help us here, or is it considered a disease? It is considered a disease. There is one cure for it. Roll perception. Okay, that is a 14. With a 14, you hear the familiar voice of Baron Vordenberg coming from the lantern that is in the bag. He is under the thrall of Grimhilda. There is a cure. I can help. Your bag is speaking. Oh, uh, uh, okay. And I'm going to look down at the bag and does it kind of look the same as when I saw it in my hallucination? Looks exactly the same. Oh, I thought, I thought this was a bit of a fever dream. So I'm going to go ahead and like reach for the lantern. Uh, roll a d20. Ooh, that's a natural 20. Uh, cool. Yeah, you get the lantern. <laughs> I'm so concerned about what he would have grabbed. I know. Otherwise. Last time I was aware, this is the thing that was kind of talking to me. Imhotep kind of takes the lantern and scrutinizes it. Carrionite lies. She is trying to gain whatever grip she can on whichever of your souls she is going after. She then creates facsimiles that are warped, twisted, and bent to her will. Do not get in an agreement with her. Please, heed any arguments. Do not sign anything. Do I recognize the voices of Vordenberg? Roll history at advantage. 22. You recognize that this is Vordenberg. You can also recognize that this is a very different spirit of Vordenberg than the one you've been fighting. Yeah, because that was actually... I'm, well, anyway, I'll get, I'll get to it. So... We've been fighting you. How are we even supposed to trust you? I apologize for that. That is still a, a fraction of that is still me. What do you mean a fraction? You made a deal with the witch, didn't you? I did. It was a moment of weakness. I sought vengeance. And she took that spirit of vengeance out of me and warped it into something hideous. Hmm. Then it is a good thing that we have burned all possible contracts with her. What was his rank in the church again? He was a, um... Uh, he does not have an official church title, but he was a baron that was in association with the church, and he... That was what I was looking for, baron, baron. I believe you may be of use to us, baron. Would you kindly accompany us on our little exploits? Kind of snorts. Not that you have much of your choice if I just take the lantern. Yes, I... 
I have some atonement to do. Ooh, I'll say. <laughs> All right, well, in my defense, that's like... It, what you've been fighting is only kind to of me. <laughs> but it's still you. In, in a sense. Uh, all right, look, I'll deal with this later. Just uh, let's get out of this current predicament, and I'll do what I can to help. All right. Um, Emotep, want to go for a ride? <laughs> I... You go ahead. I will be along shortly. I have some minions to collect, as long as they're still out there. Yeah, they're still out there. They made their way north last I checked. All right, well, don't take too long. Which of you is taking Vordenberg? Uh, I have Vordenberg. Okay. So I'm just going to get on the broom and head out. All right. I'm going to say roll animal handling. For the broom? For the broom. What it's a the thing heck? with a mind of its own. It is the closest thing to a vehicle stat we have. Uh, oh, that's a seven. With a seven, it lifts five feet off the ground. <laughs> Cool. Can I fly out the window? You fly towards the window, and it is seven feet off the ground. Fantastic. I'm going to put my feet on the window seal and <laughs> pathetically jump over and then just kind of like hover five feet <laughs> over the ground and then occasionally try and pull up with it. Okay. So with the back little bit of the broom dragging behind you, <laughs> you're able to kind of pull it up over the window, and you are pathetically flying about five feet above the ground. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Motep just watches this happen, just like, you want to... I Shut up. It's new. I like it. <laughs> it's just a test drive. That's all. Just the test drive. It's magic. It's the first thing of magic that I've ever had. I'm testing it. <laughs> but you know, you feel great. Because you still got the Obacalp on your head. Oh my god, I forgot to ask about that. So, um, jumping back over to the rest of the group, as the wolfman darts to the south of you and hides in the trees, you hear a slight rumbling up in the distance of a carriage making its way in. No more people, please. Oh, great. A carriage. That is the last thing we need. I'm going to yell, Everyone, get out! Phantom, get these people out of here and stop that damn carriage! as I just brace myself for what the wolf is about to do. So I did just a blanket d20 roll on your yelling, and I got a 17. So the villagers all look in your direction, and they get real scared. Somebody points and yells, MONSTER! And they all group up together. Oh, they did group up? No, leave! Run away! Run away, you idiots! <laughs> I want to know how that carriage got there with the swamp behind it. You dumbass NPCs, I swear. <laughs> they need an escort mission. <laughs> As everybody kind of groups up together, this carriage arrives and is buckling its way through the swampy terrain. It is managing just barely to pull through. And you see at the helm a very tired, frustrated old woman. <gasps> oh, no. No! Oh, it is! No! Oh, no! Oh, She's no! Oh, no! <laughs> Who yells down, Go now, back to your houses. We have important business to deal with and you are all in danger. Go, make haste. Oh, Maleva. The crowd of people kind of look up at her, look back at the Frankenstein monster, and drawing the wrong conclusions, still go along with it. And they take off running. <laughs> Oh, I see. Oh. 
Maleva calls down to the two of you and says, If you can incapacitate Lawrence, I can deal with the rest. Do what you can to get him to stop. We need to minimize this damage at all costs. Incapacitate how? Knock, knock him out, take him down, what do you want me to do? Whatever you can do to restrain him and get him to stop moving. Restrain, okay. That's going to be fun. Hey, where's my cane? <laughs> That's a good question. That is a very good question. I know where it is. Yeah, I think it was left back at the first place. Yeah. Frankenstein monster, it is still your turn. Is there anything else you want to do? Mary remembers the cane, the silver tip burning Lawrence. And since the wolf is on me, I have a very dumb idea. Lawrence had a cane. Will that help in, bring, in, in making him stop? Yes, but be careful. Silver is the only thing that stops this permanently. Be very, very careful with that silver tipped cane. Ah, <sighs> okay. I take a very deep breath. Frankenstein remembers where Larry dropped it. And how much HP do I have? Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be spicy. I'm just going to bolt for the cane. So now it is the Phantom's turn. The Phantom's going to lean vaguely back and say, Jack, I don't know what the fuck you've been doing because all of those people were still standing here. <laughs> okay, but I have a plan and there's a little too much improvisation going on. I need you to handle <laughs> the old woman. I've got a plan. And then he's going to reach one of the flavored rocks out behind him and say, this is your get out of jail free card if things get bad. And he just lets it go and it plops into the water. <laughs> and then in order to attempt to get the wolf heading back in the correct goddamn direction, I would like to use prestidigitation to make the sound of a dog whistle. All right. Roll performance with advantage. <laughs> you kind of do have a dog whistle, if I remember. <laughs> 14. 14 will be the roll. All right, so with a 14, Wolfman, your attention is on the Phantom, and you're a little bit pained by the shrill, high-pitched noise, and you want it to stop. Ooh, all right, you got it, buddy. Heading your way. All right, and I'm assuming, uh, is there anything else you want to do on your turn? You know I'm going to scoot pretty far back. I don't know if I can <laughs> outpace Wolf's movement, but maybe I'll not die a horrible death. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, so, Wolfman, I'm assuming that you are chasing after the source of the shrill noise to make it stop. Yeah, thank freaking goodness you did that, Aaron, because I was checking who was in possible range to get to. And if you didn't do that, Maleva was in range, and I would have defaulted to who I could get to first. So, whew, that would have been real bad. Okay, so about 20 feet behind you, Phantom, is the Wolfman barreling his way through the water after you. <laughs> Maleva sighs and looks on in disappointment and kind of shakes her head and says, Oh, Lawrence. All right, we will do what we can. Whatever you're trying to do, do it fast! Phantom will respond with just a baleful look. <laughs> just... Uh, so frustrated this would have been over already if every single other person had not gotten involved <laughs> look we will go straight to phantom sycorax my love my darling i'm gonna need you to meet me out here right now immediately uh i've got a gift and a request one in each hand <laughs> and she sees you running and sees the wolfman barreling after you with an icy blue grin pulls out the bag of sand and spreads out another trickle of sand that sweeps up past you and towards the wolf. As the wolfman is sprinting at and around you, 
the sand spirals around the wolfman, catches his feet, and he looks around in confusion as a vortex of sand spins up around him. It starts to stumble a little bit and get drowsy and then falls over asleep. And the sand surrounds and pulls the wolf down into the ground. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's all this? And Sycorax grows one size category bigger. Hags, I hate them. I hate hags. And she cocks her head sideways at you. And she says, Problem solved. What did you guys do? (laughs) Can I have the nervous gentleman back from out of the wolf? Well, it's a little bit tricky. I pulled your friend into the realm of dreams, where he will not be able to hurt anyone else. The two entities may be separate within that realm, but unfortunately, I am unable to bring them back. If you would like your friend back, you can, of course, follow in after him. And the sand around you, Phantom, begins to spiral up into a vortex. Let us be plain. Am I going to have to fight the wolf, or can I grab and go? Speaking in all honestly, it will not be easy. You might be able to grab your friend and get out, but I cannot make any, uh, any guarantees. Well, I've got a guarantee, and that's going to be that you want me to get out of there, because I'm hopping in with this baby, and Phantom brandishes the pocket watch. Well then, by all means, I'll let you follow your friend in, and I wish you the best of luck. You begin to feel drowsy, and you stumble around a little bit as the sand around you spirals faster and faster, and then pulls you down into the ground as you fall unconscious. (laughs) Me! Yay! Sleepy time battles! Hey, does anyone know where we are? I just... We're just kidnapped oh, now. Oops, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Invisible man starts stapling like posters of us on trees. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein monster, as you are making your way down to where Larry first transformed, you encounter the Invisible Man flying five feet above the ground on a broomstick, a little woozy, but making his way towards you. How on earth are you flying? I don't know. I found a broom and I had a really trippy adventure. But I'm guessing with the fact that I don't see Larry around here, something has probably gone on. Well, okay. Quick version. Turn into a giant wolf. Fighting me really hurts. Old woman shows up, says we can help. Cane that way. Let's go get that cane. Got you. Looking for the cane. Uh, Invisible man, make a constitution saving throw. Fantastic. Son of a... Bitch. (laughs) No, don't do it. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Oh, no. I'm going to burn another luck. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's better. 13. With a 13, you have no new onset of symptoms. You thank goodness. (laughs) Okay, so do I have to roll anything to, like, look for... I will say you are just able to go and get it. Okay. Do you have a plan? Well, the old woman said this can't can help restrain him. She needs to be restrained so the old lady can do her whatever it is she could do to help bring Lawrence back. How do you plan to restrain him with a cane? The cane's going to kill him. The cane, it burns him. Yes, and it's going to kill him. 
She said, she said, be careful. And that's what I plan to do. We need a way to restrain him. So let's get up there. Try not to use the cane unless you could think of a way to restrain. Do not stab him with it. The cane burns him. Prolonged exposure, yes, will kill him. But a few pushes here and there is probably going to put him down for a bit. Looking at the cane, can we see if it's the entire cane that's silver or is it just the tips? It is basically a solid, dense wooden cane with a silver-tipped handle that is shaped like a wolf. Honestly, that's what I was afraid of. Okay. Really quick, while you guys are discussing how you're going to restrain Larry, Imhotep kind of clears his throat and just, him, and he points to the two skeletons. That works too. So they're with you. <laughs> yes. Asim two and Ur the second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we have a little bit of a posse. Uh, let's go and get our puppy. Let's go do that. Does anyone want to ride on my broom? I highly doubt that broom could support my weight, so I'm going to say no. I have goons. I will walk. Okay. As you make your way up, Maleva is climbing out of the carriage and trying to scuttle her way through the swamp, off in the direction that the phantom and the wolfman went, and sees the three of you en route. I'm going to fly over to her. <laughs> Why, hello, fellow witch. It is me. See, I have a broom and this cool pointy hat. I keep forgetting about the hat. <laughs> Maleva? Ah, oh, all right. What is... What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing? I've got, a, I've got this really awesome broom. I don't have to walk anymore. Are, it is, uh, uh, I'm it, not it, going it, to it, get it into doesn't this matter. Right let's, let's I just need you all to work together to restrain Lawrence. Now, you cannot let him fall into the clutches of any of these witches. They want the power of the wolf for themselves. Oh, that's not oh. a good idea then. Uh, can you help us with the witches? What are the witches in question? What are their names? Uh, there's, uh, what is it, like Grimhilda? Grimhilda, Carionite, Sigrax. Oh, that is what I was afraid of. The weird sisters. All right, now, which direction is Sigrax in? Whichever way... I'm assuming the wolf went. Oh, that is not good news. Please do not tell me that you let her get a hold of the wolf. We will not tell you. <laughs> we will probably be lying, but we will not tell you. <laughs> All right, no need to be a smart ass about it. <laughs> I don't know if she got a hold of the wolf. I was trying to get the cane to help take Lawrence down. Pray that she did not. I do not know how much Lawrence has told you about the nature of his affliction. Not much. All I know is that his hand burns whenever he touches the silver pit right here. That is the influence of the wolf. Lawrence is, uh, what is known as a warlock. His patron, it is not myself, it is not the cards, it is the wolf. The wolf is the source of his power, and the wolf is the source of his suffering, and he cannot be, he cannot be separated from it. He bears a very important job. The wolf is an ancient spirit of consumption and destruction. That stems back far older than, and she looks over at Imhotep, far older than even your civilization. Kind of raises his eyebrows. <laughs> he has them now. You are speaking of well over 5,000 years. I am fully aware of that. This spirit has gone by many names, and every culture has a version of it. The ancient Greeks called it Lycon. The Nords called it Fenrir. Those in the African tribes called it Yenagu. The Americas, they, they have my favorite one. They, they just get directly to the point. They call it Big Bad Wolf. <laughs> there is not an ounce of subtlety over the pond. <laughs> but this spirit, long ago, 
sought to consume all of existence. It was magically detained, and it remains detained. It is locked up, and Lawrence is that lock. Think of him as, um, uh, how, how, how do I explain this? Um, uh, uh, you, uh, invisible one. You are a man of science, are you not? Yeah. Well, think of, um, think of the wolf's prison as a boiler. And think of Lawrence as the pressure release valve. Oh. And that moon up above lets loose once per month so that the wolf can remain dormant. If it does not walk at least once per month, then that pressure will continue to build until it breaks free. And then nothing is safe from its path of consumption. So we can't even remove this curse from Larry, because that's all he's been wanting to do. He's been wanting to get rid of this curse. I thought that's what it was. If He has a bloody god inside of him? Well, in a sense, yes. It is a bit of an oversimplification, but it is accurate enough. Unfortunately, the only way that Lawrence can ever be rid of that curse is for it to pass on to someone else. Well, shit. So everything that these witches were promising was not even going to be possible. That is why I tried to warn Lawrence not to pursue any sort of occult means out of this and to simply learn to live with it and to let me help to restrain him to minimize the collateral damage. Had I known I was fighting a, a wolf god, I probably wouldn't have fought him. My dumbass <laughs> thought I could take him or at least bring him down, but nope. That's why I say that you cannot brute force everything. So while they're all doing that, Imhotep is kind of racking his brain. And by Imhotep racking his brain, I mean, did a really quick Google search. <laughs> um, he looks at her and says, you mean to tell me that Lawrence channels the spirit of Wepwawet, the god of the wolves? Yes, that is one of many names that the wolf has had. Oh, my gosh. Now do what you can. But if what I'm afraid has happened has happened and Lawrence is within the dream realm, then you will need to retrieve both Lawrence and the wolf. Otherwise, this entire world is in peril. What you can do to put things to your advantage, Sycorax has a curse upon her herself. She cannot lie. Grimhilda will never be able to resist a wager. She will not play fair. She will lie. She will cheat. She will manipulate. She will not take losing as an option. But if you can distract her long enough, you can use that information to your advantage. Here, I've got something for that. And she pulls out a coin. Imhotep just flicks his bandages like it was Sailor Moon hair. Oh, we have the that no. already. <laughs> oh, well, fine. I won't give you this coin then. Oh, give me the coin. <laughs> All right, this may still come in handy. So, as long as you have something to barter with, you can hold her attention and keep her distracted. And which which one was it? This is Groomhilda. This is the feral hag. She has dominion over the animals. She is a vector for disease. Do not let her spread her disease to you, or else her power will grow. Looks at Jack. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was afraid of that. All right, do not let that disease spread any further. Looks in the direction of Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie, teehee. Ah, oh, wonderful. <laughs> what about the last one, the one with the scythe? Whatever you do, stay as far away from her as possible. She is bound by her word to her written contracts, but she will manipulate, she will twist, she will do whatever she can without breaking the legal word that she agrees to in order to manipulate and get a hold of your souls. 
We also will not be dealing with her any longer. I had to get rid of one of her contracts before you signed it. Oh, that is that is very good. Now, I would caution you. She is a very wily one. She is probably not through with you yet. So, do not let your guard down around her. She may pop up at any moment, and she is far and away the most powerful of these three witches. If you can, I would suggest you run. But first, you must make sure you are out of the grip of these other two. So... You are infected with the feral fever, correct? Yes. There is one cure. Unfortunately, you're going to need to go through Sycorax in order to get it. There is an item within her dream realm. A gemstone, a stone of dreams, that can cure any ailment. If you can find a way to get into her realm of dreams and get a fraction of that gemstone... You can use it to cure your ailments. There is no other known cure for the feral fever, and it will continue to progress. So what you're saying is we have to go inside a dream realm to get something to help Jack and Larry. You must be very careful. In that dream realm, you will be host to all manner of illusions and misgivings. It is a realm in which Sycorax has absolute power and authority and dominion over you, and she will do everything she can to ensure that your spirit dies within the dream so that she can maintain control of it. You said this one can't lie. How would she do under duress? She will speak honestly. She will do whatever she can to manipulate, but she will not speak a direct mistruth, although lies by omission still seems to be her forte. Is she powerful one-on-one? Mary, I know you are always looking for a fight, but let's remember that... Jack, I have a plan. I'm not trying to muscle my way through this. I'm going to threaten her that she is going to let you and Inmotep into that dream realm to help yourself and to help Larry. As much as I would probably like to kill this witch, it's probably best if I stay outside to make sure that she honors her word and she honors her truth. Because I can only imagine that if I were to kill her while you were in the, still in the dream realm, you guys are going to be trapped with it. I may be a walking construct, but I'm not an imbecile, my friend. I certainly hope so. All right. Um... I'm assuming we're... well, doesn't matter. We need to go into this dream realm. I will do what I can to try and get the people around here in safety and to keep the others away while you deal with that. This is what I'm going to suggest. I feel like you two probably have the best bet at distracting this witch. I could potentially go into the dream realm and try and snag Larry or wherever he might be. Either way, we need to go into this dream realm because we need to cure myself and Larry but I don't see why we need everybody to go in. I can only assume that if the witch dies, then they're lost in the dream realm, correct? That's what I could hypothesize, which is why I think you would be good here. And with Emotep being somewhat persuasive, and also he's got his minions, he does. I think you two would probably be a better bet out here to secure our outro. So I'll hand over the bag, just in case we lose anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Also... I think we might have a battle axe in there, but there's a lot of things that I saw in whatever dream it was. There's a diamond, a battle axe. Oh, well, if you get hungry, I got some bread in there, too. (laughs) Uh, yes, that is going to be such a concern for me. I'm just like, just bread? All right, I could probably snack on that. We are wasting time. Yeah, we are. We should probably get going. So, is there any way that I can increase the ease of the broom? Roll another animal handling at disadvantage. I think that's just a 10. Okay, with a 10, it stabilizes a little bit, so it lifts up to 10 feet off the ground. 
Okay, so I'm gonna fly at a steady speed and head over to Sycorax and kind of wait for my group. As you make your way over there and she sees you coming, she is 15 feet tall currently. She grins, opens up the bag of sand, and you fly directly into it and plop down in your laboratory. <gasps> Ooh. What the heck? We are the outcasts and misfits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unloving fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D and Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Listen to the end for this episode's blooper. There will be no new episode next week because of personal things just putting our production timeline behind a little bit, so our next episode will be out on Wednesday, March 15th. If you like the show, give us a shout out on social media at facebook.com slash dndarkpodcast or reddit at r slash dndarkpodcast or follow us on TikTok and Instagram at dndark underscore podcast. Dark's cast is Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein Monster, Aaron Koffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, and Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Additional music this episode was provided by Joy Lynn Music. Listen to new episodes of DN Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. If Imhotep could blush, he'd be blushing because it's the first time he's been complimented <laughs> on the way he's looked in 4,000 years. Give me just one second. Ask her out. Ask her out. Oh my out. gosh. Ask her out. While the DM is away, what are you doing next Saturday night? We walked into a monster <laughs> dating sim. <laughs> See, I have Sucker for Love on my computer. Oh, yeah. really? I did get Sucker for Love. It was really cheap. So I picked oh, that. my goodness.